want only the best. I don't want garbage. Hold on to your butt. You want local courts with Mark and John. Oh my God, I gotta listen to local courts really quick. It's like a movie for your ears. I mean, it's a movie, so it has to have some music. It's Milwaukee's number one local music comedy show. First, you gotta pay admission at $7. This aggression will not stand, man. I understand nothing. And now it's time for local chords. It's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> Today on Local Chords, it's podcast number 48. It's time to drop everything, get ready to have a good time, and talk music. John is off today, so it's just me. But don't worry, I've got the goods. I've got an in-person deep dive interview with Milwaukee's very own singer and entertainer, Classic. Grab a pen to take some notes, pop your collar, and shine your kicks, because we're getting ready to rock. Only on... Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. We are your only number one local music-based comedy cast from southeastern Wisconsin. You know why we're number one? Because there are no others. There are no other local music-based comedy podcasts. We are the only one. And we bring you a premiere podcast show each and every Wednesday morning. Hey, all you Cordies out there, thanks for tuning in. I am Mark the Wolf Hubing, coming to you live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am wearing a gray sweatshirt, and we are switching it up today. Get ready, because sometimes life hits you hard, bro. We're switching up the format. We're going to jump right into my interview with Classic from Saturday. And uh, yeah, this is a deep dive so get ready, you know, if, if you're driving, just close your eyes and let, let this interview wash right over you. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Milwaukee's very own classic. And now, a deep dive with classic. Versatility and expression are encapsulated and then released in astounding fashion by singer-songwriter and all-around entertainer Classic. It's hip-hop, it's neo-soul, it's rap, it's experimental jazz. What isn't it? It's new music for a new world as seen through the lens of a fascinating individual who introduces the harmony of tranquility and chaos in every song. Let's check something out from his performance from his live album titled American Classics. Here's a track called This Land. This land was made for you. 
judge me from my sins So I'm gonna end to end this But our race is a marathon So we won't sprint to finish I don't need sprint to this is tidal wave and by the way with hot as Tell them by bodies days these kids they praise the wrong thing Lost up in the sauce too focused on what the song sings Talking about some mollies and some percocets Really you ain't even find your purpose yet Without further ado please welcome to the program Classic Classic. You are sitting here live with me in studio. You are the very first in-studio guest on this um, pretty young program. How are you doing today? How's your day going so far? Um, well, you can't tell this. Maybe you can. Maybe there's a brightness to my voice today. Maybe it's just madness. I love your vocal chain right now. This sounds crispy. Ooh, as, nice. someone, as someone who spends a lot of time like nitpicking my my own vocal chain and what my voice sounds like that that sounds weird but i spend a lot of time with my voice and how it sounds and how things pop and this sounds good but anyway um i don't know if it's that or if it's um this beautiful weather um out there um in podcast radio ear listening land you can't tell this but um it's a gorgeous day um I got, you know, doing laundry back home and doing the domestic thing, but I also got the car washed and went to the barber shop, you Whoa. know, so, um, uh, and then I'm going to the grocery store, you know, so I balance it with uh, some adulting and then I'm going to probably work on some more music. I was working on some music last night. Um, so I appreciate these, um, these down days and, uh, I do work during the week. So, uh, Fridays and Saturdays are my Friday and Saturday, and then I work pretty much the rest of the week. So um, I got two days for it to, you know, for the weather to cooperate. And here in Wisconsin, that can be um, tricky. So uh, I'm super fortunate. I'm someone who loves the sunshine. So uh, long answer short, I am feeling great because the sun is out. It's warm. I had the moon roof down, sunroof. I don't know. I don't know why. What the distinction is of that? I don't know. It's a, it's a roof that goes back, uh, <laughs> and it opens up, and fresh air comes in. It's a wonderful feeling. So hell yeah. We should probably preface saying we're recording this on Saturday. I'm sure by the time Wednesday rolls around, it it'll be it look like about 42 degrees. So <laughs> yeah. So probably even just from the way I'm talking about this, people you know people will know what day they're like. Oh, they must have done the Saturday it was beautiful yeah uh, and yes yes it yeah, is why did we pick the only nice day in the last three weeks to sit inside and do this i mean we can just run and just knock one of these walls out you know let's let's yeah. just let some air in you let know some air in. Yeah, yeah sledgehammer style <laughs> <laughs> all right before we dive in I, i'm curious what where you're at right now what what is your attention focused on or what's been happening recently can we get a little snapshot of what's what's your men- mentality like right now what are you what are you focused on what are you thinking about um right now my mind is on continuing to create opportunity or to continue to or continuing to create uh moments to inspire myself and others in different ways that's kind of like my mo i guess um 
and finding myself at the you know just past the the ten year mark I would of my career really coming up. My first album came out in September of two thousand twelve, um, so we're nearing that like ten year mark, and that was like a it was three years leading up to that. So um, that's always like expanding. Um, being ambitious has like always been something that's a part of me, but now um, finding myself in in spaces to be able to, um, I guess, more opportunity to make bigger decisions, to make more impactful decisions, to uh, finding myself in spaces where I'm able to make more impactful change. Um, so thinking of myself in the past couple years, especially as more... Um, more of an activist through my art um, and what activism for me looks like because it can look different for everyone. Um, and for me, it's ex explicitly uh, like working with youth and the ways that I engage and inspire and motivate and any bits of knowledge, uh, whether it be workshops, whether it be just regular talks, songwriting things, just different. I've, I've done a kind of a multitude of different things over the past couple of years. And then uh, like, sitting on boards and like doing that thing and like you know sitting on boards yeah you know like so being being more like still definitely being an artist what's on my mind also is like this album being mixed right now um going back and forth with a, a very close friend of mine who lives in chicago an engineer so we're kind of doing the whole like digital send things back uh, which is can be more laborious but also like a, you know there's no rush of time so we're able to kind of like sit with things and send things back and so my mind is on expanding. My mind is on the next album. My mind is on like the next iteration of classic. The, my mind is on the next thing that I can help inject life into here in um, the city that I love. Hell yeah. What are some things that are uh, impactful that you've been involved with in the past or things that come up or you hear about and you're like oh yes i want to get involved with that you talked about uh workshopping and, and yeah talking and working with the youth you've done some talks what have you done some talks about um so well most recently uh something that i'm uh, really really proud of um and uh, i'm hoping that this will continue to get some some light and we're figuring out ways to continue to uh highlight this collaboration but i did um uh, a collaboration with the Milwaukee Art Museum um, in which I responded to uh, one of the pieces that they own, one of the pieces in the gallery from Rashid Johnson. Um, and his work I actually was first introduced to five years ago when they brought his exhibit in. And that exhibit is actually what inspired uh, the songs that will become American classics. So there's like a, a oh, lot oh, of cool. like tie in there, but uh, they started this series called a, like a spotlight series. And they're working with local artists and doing like original collaboration and an original work. So it's almost like, uh, not almost, it is uh, like a call and response premise. So like picking a piece of art, basically the premise is like finding a piece of art that speaks to you and then responding with your art medium. So they're looking to do like, you know, singers and songwriters and dancers and other artists. Um, and so I'm kind of the, not kind of, I'm the first that didn't exist. So uh, through some of the work that I've done on their like community task force uh, board that they started a couple years ago, um, actually like a month or so before the world shut down uh, was one of the first meetings that we had. And um, 
through being on that and through my talks with them and like navigating the craziness of 2020, um, just kind of opened up this opportunity and this talk to like expand on what does it mean to, to what does it mean to highlight local artists? What does it mean to like find more synergy between, you know, national and international art or the way that we regard certain forms of art and music or, you know, certain different uh, disciplines in regard to one another. Um, and so I created an original song in response to this painting that's up there in the gallery now. Um, and uh, we filmed a one-take live performance in front of it after hours. Um, and then the video was uh, up in the auditorium a couple weeks ago on loop in the auditorium. And I went and you could actually hear the song. So it's like an eight-minute song. Um, I produced it. I mixed the thing. I wrote it. Uh, I think it's one of the actually one of the best verses I've ever written. Um, but then I also feel that way about a lot of the things I've been writing now. So we'll see. I'll probably write something that makes me feel differently. But um, uh, so doing things like that, uh, things that in my mind, uh, like a collaboration of this kind of scale uh, in comparison would be like somebody in New York doing... Uh, you know, finding their favorite piece of art in the Guggenheim and being commissioned by them to like create something and then stage it and perform it in the Guggenheim and then like have a gallery talk afterwards. So that's what we did here. Oh, wow. Um, and a lot of people I feel like don't know about it. Uh, and that's for a variety of factors, but like that's part of the one of the many things that I'm working on and like working behind the scenes of just holding media and institutions to task of like you want you say you want the collaboration or you say you want the diversity or you say you want to you know elevate or you know to to be connected to the community so it's like all right when these things happen you got to show up and you got to like promote this and you got to push it and you got to share it the same way that you um promote things that are like more typical of like your donor base or your like typical communities it's like talking the talk and then like walking the walk. So I feel mm. like a lot of the work of the past couple of years has been um, me being more firm and being very vocal about um, holding folks to task about like, you don't get the, the collaboration with me or I'm not here or we're not doing this thing for nothing. We're not having these conversations. Like we gotta, you gotta follow through. Um, and I'm one who is not shy when it comes to a, being held accountable uh, and demanding more um, because I demand more of myself. So that was, you know, what is that? Like one of the things when you're a kid, you know, you, you treat others the way that you want to be treated. Uh, and so I, I don't demand or ask anything of anybody that I don't ask of myself. Um, and I ask a lot of myself. So um, it's, you know, and the people who are closest to me and family and friends and just like my my peers, uh, I think everyone understands that about me. I think I wouldn't have the people around me that I do um, if they weren't like-minded. So um, that's, I guess, some of the work, like, you know, these kind of higher level collaborations and like I'm looking to like I want to curate an event this summer I did this thing where I like made a post about it and uh I was talking to my girlfriend she was like well now you got to do it I'm like yeah I think I kind of again like I think I put these things out um very spur of the moment like I don't 
I don't have a plan for it yet. I just had an idea one morning. I'm like, uh, I'm tired of like waiting for other people's events. Um, and not the, I think that I'm at a point where I wasn't even waiting, but just like seeing things moving at a pace that just feel like I wanted to hit the gas. So I just like made the statement. And now there's been like a ton of emails and messages of people like, yo, if you're putting something together, I can help this way. Um, and it's one of the beauties. It's a way that I use social media a lot of this, like that public forum, that kind of, I enjoy it for that, um, for that and the memes. That's it. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just here for the community and for the memes. That's it. Uh, <laughs> if it's anything else, uh, I'm not, uh, we can do it in real life. I prefer to try to live out in the real world as much as possible. So, Right on. Is that something that has always been innate in you where you expect a lot of yourself? Or has that been something that you have kind of learned to learn to um, exude, you know, where you you have confidence in asking for what you want or saying this is you know, let's, let's go about this and let's be for real. Let's advertise it. Let's, let's get the word out. Or is that something that you've had to work on and, and create in your own character? Um, I think that that's something that I had to work on. Um, and I think that being honest, I think that's something that, um, not even, I mean, this is just something that I know to be true. Um, that a lot of artists struggle with. It's something that um, society kind of, I actually just saw some like random Twitter thread this morning and somebody was like, oh, your artists are paid too much and blah, blah, blah. What value if people weren't entertained then there's no value. And I'm like, who is this person? Mm. Um, I'm like, I'm, that's, that's like the fire that like motivates a lot of what I do. And I think that that is only intensified as I've gotten older, as I've gotten more confident in my craft, as I've gotten, uh, expanded my knowledge and able to articulate more and more. Like I've always been like, uh, a big reader and just like a the borderline nerd coming up. I wouldn't even say borderline. I was definitely a nerd. I'm still a nerd in some ways. Um, but just that that soaking up of knowledge and then like finding a way to like create my voice. I think I've always been on a path of creating my own voice. Um, I'm an only child, so I I think I just. I always had that time. I was just like trusted and like left to myself. My parents got me Legos before they got me video games. So like I was always building things. I was always encouraged to like figure out what I liked and then to like to have the time and the freedom to do that. Like I would just spend hours to myself and I've got cousins and family members and things like that. The, you know, so that wasn't, um, it's that distinction between, um, lonely and alone like I was mm. alone but most certainly not lonely okay. um, and I think that having that at such an early age and then finding my path eventually through music um, and then now realizing that you know Kellen and, and Classic are have always been and are very much so I think becoming even more of the same thing like double down on like yeah this there is no um there is no persona per se. Like I'm on stage and I might be performing more and might be more expressive. Like I'm not flailing about in ca casual conversation as much as I do on stage. Uh, but the spirit and the passion and the intent are across the board now the same. And 
I think that that's something that, yeah, just comes with time, something that comes with age um, and comes from experience, too, of like um, being tested or and being and being fortunate and feeling very grateful that I have the intellect that I have been able to like foster over the years, um, like being smart and being intelligent uh, and and being aware are things that have saved my life uh, time and time again and just are a lifesaver for everyone if we tap into those um, those tools of just like you know keeping your like brain fresh and like stimulated and like challenging and like and and like being aware of self-aware and aware of your environment like if you if you do those things you can't help but um grow and adapt uh and and engage with that and the way that i'm engaging with it is becoming more clear so as that becomes more clear um i have less time and less tolerance for anything that like isn't that and feeling like very comfortable and like being being able to be kind um in my firmness like Mm -hmm. and that comes with like like time and maturity and so being able not not being afraid to say no or not being able not being afraid to be like "Mm, that's not enough here's actually what my here's what my time is worth here's what i do here's the resume like i like i'm operating in in a in a way now where um like i've got the facts to back it up like i had to you know i was up applying for this this other board of like this new art center that's being made and um and so i had to like kind of collect my artistic resume for one of the first times and like again it was like a humbling thing i think it was like and that was like a confidence booster not in like an ego way not like i mean i could have looked at this thing and really started you know talking my talking my stuff and like and but what it did was like remind me that that it's that it's not yeah the the worth and the things that I'm fighting for are are not unfounded like I mean you can uh, a Google search or like here here's this PDF document let me tell you why I'm qualified to tell you this yeah to tell you why this is worth this why any artist is worth this why this collaboration should be this or why that you know like because from experience because I've been doing this in bits and pieces. Uh, over the past 10 years even like doing things with youth and like open mics and like poetry collectives I've always been involved with those things like from the onset of my career so um I can't help but to keep doing those things and pushing those things yeah you can't put a price on inspiration or what music does for you or what art uh or how it affects you you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes like pretty more often than not, I want to go to a show, but I don't go. And then when I do go, I'm like, oh, that's right. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. This affects me. That inspired me. Sometimes it inspires me so much that it inspires me to leave the show and go work on my own craft. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It's just that... Um. Um. I mean, going back to that thread and, and that I saw this morning, um, it, it reminds me of early pandemic, 
and when we started and then post George Floyd and you saw the protests and you started also the the amount of like street art and like all of these different ways in which artists were responding to what was happening in the streets and then what was happening um in the air what was happening to us as a like the the pandemonium of like summer of 2020 um and i remember at one point seeing the like umpteenth you know article or thing about like a mural and like all these people coming together and i forget who i first said this to but i remember that whole week i was like i hope i'm saying this now and i hope that i remember and i hope that people remember when we get out of this how how vastly important art was to mm. us during these times mm. and i mean and i can already tell that people have forgotten and because this is what we do and we kind of go through these things um these cycles where um especially now as uh art and especially music is so commodified and so like readily accessible and so like so taken for granted like it's this it's this expectation um that we've placed zero value in but we need it well we expect to have it at all times mm. yeah but we don't think that it has value it's something that literally saved communities and people and gave people some like ounce of joy through like the worst months of our like collective lives yeah we turn to art yeah. And I remember, like I said, in that moment, like, I hope like what this feels like right now and me watching this and watching this video or watching these people come together and dance or make music with mask on or virtually and like still like when we had nothing, when no one had jobs and no one had anywhere to go, guess what people did? They made art. And uh, and I saw another meme that was like relative to this and it was like... Uh, you know, there's the critique that like, oh, really wealthy people are, it's easier for them to like be artists. You know, when you have that, you can be an artist if you have the means to do so. Um, and, but they were like, the further critique is, isn't it amazing that when money is no longer the objective, what people turn towards and tend to do? creative things or things that are like entertaining or things that provide some other value so for like folks that like when money isn't your your motivating factor or when you like the most wealthy people like being able to thrive as an artist because they literally have the time to only think about that thing that they love mm -hmm. so if you didn't have if you weren't if we weren't caught up in the the race of just or not even the race but just the the obstacle course of just surviving and trying to get to a point of like figuring out what it means to thrive. Um, I think that, yeah, when you see people thriving and happy and joyous, like there's some creative expression that comes from that almost every single time. Um, and it serves as a reminder when the times aren't that, um, or, or they are, as my therapist calls uh, artists, and I, I don't think she's, she, I think, quoted this from someone else, and it might have been like James Baldwin. I'm not quite remembering, um, but something to the effect of like uh, artists being um, uh, emotional, like documentarians or like historians. Like what artists mm -hmm. are able to do um, 
the reason, one of the many reasons that it has value um, is that we can articulate, we have this gift, we have this ability to articulate through sound, through motion, through visuals, um, you know, through whatever our medium, and we can articulate something that you can't touch or feel. It's the closest thing you can get to touching or feeling an emotion hmm. is art. That's literally the only way that we have outside of just experiencing that emotion in, in real time and like being prompted. But otherwise, the only way or the way that's a moment felt or a time period felt or a historical event or something that, you know, uh, impactful moments, they get best documented and are, are retained for the you know cultural canon and for history through art even if even in just the writing even of like history books and the writing that's still like to write and write interestingly and accurately and intelligently is an art mm. like the very fact that we rely our history and what we understand of the world is either from written or oral which would be a storyteller or you know or music and dance and visual art these are the things that, that we know what ancient greece was like most because of the things that we can still see standing there that they made or these you know these pictures that kind of you know paintings on the side of a building or like inside of a you know inside of a tomb in egypt or inside of some cave or some mountain in like south america like art we we know about human history because of art so how could that not be worth something mm. yeah. yeah we're not in the days anymore of like the 1950s venues where club promoters are doing what they can to bring in uh you know audiences and it, it's it's the reverse now now it's the uh Oh, is that me? Sorry, I'm not sure what's popping here. Getting a little bit of some clicky stuff. Sorry. I was getting that too. I didn't know. Sorry about that. Okay, sorry. A little technical difficulty there. We're back. But yeah, it's not the, it's not the days of the 1950s anymore where the club promoters are, are promoting. Now it's the artists who are promoting, mm -hmm. trying to drive business in, in addition to creating art and trying to make it happen. So it can be a bizarre little game to try and be a... Because nowadays, as a musician, for people who are either doing it themselves or working on making it a sustainable lifestyle for themselves, you have to wear the hat of writer, arranger, performer, entertainer, recording artist, mixing engineer, marketing promoter, all those things. You yeah. Know, it can be very, very tricky. But, um, you know, you're 10 years into it now. You're doing, you're, you're making a lot of moves. You're very involved. It's been fascinating talking with you already. It sounds like you have a lot that you are involved with and passionate about. And when I first heard your music, one of the things that attracted me right away was, was the effects that you use and the use of effects. Maybe we'll get a little more talking into the, into the technical side of your music right now a little bit, but, uh, and you have a bunch of videos. You have a bunch of videos where you are you're performing and singing and tweaking knobs and pushing buttons and how did that come about? How did you come to learn how to do all that stuff? And has that been difficult or is it is it just part of the job of being a performer nowadays or do you enjoy it or what's that experience been like? Um 
I guess my current like performance um, style or setup or like my current um, recording setup, which is also my performance setup. So they are one in the same. Generally, uh, I mean, I swap out a different mic. I don't uh, record with the same mic that I perform with. But uh, outside of that, um, about what year is it? It's 2022. So seven years ago, seven years ago in 2015, I bought Ableton Sight Unseen. I had friends that had used it before. Before that, I'd already been in music production. I started with like Fruity Loops way back in the day before they called it FL Studio. Like this is like Fruity Loops 3. And then I moved on to Reason in high school. Um, and then in 2015, just um, I think I was going through like a shift where like a person who I was like, who was like DJing for me, like moved and then like my manager moved. And so like my whole kind of like organization it ended up just like being me. And so it was like a regrouping and I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do shows or how am I setting up like shows? I, I've always like done gigs where it's either just me or a dj or it was like i've or like some element of a band uh and that's something that i've always done just being a jazz kid by trade um but when i kind of like lost that core system uh or like that core group of people um i got ableton i got like a new controller i got a voice live um touch which is like vocal looper and uh and I didn't know how to use any of those things and I just like kind of went for it. Yeah. Uh and this was, you know, right after I released Seasons cuz Seasons came out um in like 2015, July of 2015 and then that summer um pretty much I bought that stuff and then by within the next year I was working on stuff uh some of the stuff that would be quiet um was already being worked on so that was um, another album called quiet yep yep mm -hmm. um and that was the 2019 album um but so it really started in like 2015 2016 um there's a record on there with saba who's like a pretty prominent artist out of chicago um super talented mc um i got that record from him in like 2016 um and sat on it for three years until i figured out exactly what the body of work was around it but um the current setup was birthed out of like still needing to perform and not wanting to i didn't i wanted to eliminate the need for someone else to be there and i okay. don't know if that's a I don't know if that's like an aries like control thing or like only child stubborn thing um but just being having so many things where it's like, oh, I got to chase down a DJ or I got to see if this person is available or, you know, I got to track these rehearsals or like we can't do this without this group or this person can't make the rehearsal. And uh, which still comes even when like I've put together bands like but now now I do those things because I want to and not because I need oh, to okay. do it. So getting the current setup and being able to kind of like run wild and like essentially it, what started as really just needing to be my own DJ. Um, and then so then I went to Ableton because it's also obviously a music production software and like music production is um, where I spend most of my time or like is the umbrella for a lot of what I do. Uh, even when I'm on stage, I'm doing, you know, and you've seen, you've commented, like a lot of that is 
is producing and engineering and I'm changing levels and adjusting, you know, making sharp contrasts and delays and reverbs, uh, things that, uh, and I've found through experience that even recording in a traditional sense are hard to emulate. So I sp also spent a lot of my time, even up until now, uh, still, um, constantly in this like blurred space of um, live and recorded music. Um, so obviously, you know, I had the live album and something and, and being a live musician by trade and then coming up and playing sax and being in jazz, like jazz is the foundation of kind of everything for me. So just that, um, that ability to like adapt and shift and change and to be in control, but to also like have it where it's like never the same thing twice. Um, I really just wanted all of that. And then it was always the intent to bring in, you know, to bring in other musicians, depending on the gig, I might bring in this guitar player, maybe I'm running tracks and doing things, or maybe I have the whole band and I'm not running anything except for like some keys, or maybe I have none of the band, it's just me doing all of the things. But um, now, so I, I got my current rig, uh, we call it the space station. And um, and um, the the idea was to like, make this thing so solid that like anything that I put around it was dope. And so, um, here we are so far. So good. Wow. Right yeah. on. Do you ever get burned out with any, any tasks of, uh, regarding, you know, performing as a solo performer or do you, do you ever wish, oh, I wish I had a keyboardist to do this or a sax player to do this or somebody to, you know, be on the controls or are you still in a place where you enjoy uh, the different aspects of those creations? Uh, definitely in that space. I mean, performing performing with a band versus like performing with myself, uh, I like them both equally because they're two different experiences for me. Um, and, and I would say for not completely different, but um, in a different experience for the for the audience as well not necessarily a lesser sometimes i like prickle at some you know i'll do a show and like my least favorite thing is like when i like do something like i'll do a solo gig and then someone come like oh yeah it was so good man you would really sound really good with the band i'm like yeah i mean i, I do that sometimes uh -huh. and then it's like the other <laughs> side where like i've done things with the band and people are like oh man but yeah i love your stuff and it's just you i'm like it's just no pleasing people so it's, <laughs> it's not it's so it's no longer for the pleasing it's no longer like i don't there's no fear that i'm giving anyone less of an experience i'm confident in what i can do me just by myself on the stage versus with 12 other people um being on stage with 12 other people actually allows me to do more um, just as a performer, which I think is, you know, with neck and neck with like producing music is probably my favorite part of, of being an artist or what I would lead with describing myself as a, a performing artist, definitely. Um, so, because the, the, the challenge of, but the challenge that I enjoy of, doing a show myself is, you know, of having to do the tweaks and doing the different, uh, you know, sequencing and things like that. Um, and more of the changes being more reliant on me and in that moment and my ability to like adapt. Uh, it's like an exercise. It's like a mental exercise. Uh, like I enjoy that challenge of, and, and, and then 
talking with people afterwards and they're just like, what were you even just doing? <laughs> what, what did I just watch? Yeah. How did you, uh, my, um, a, a family friend, uh, saw, uh, saw me perform for the first time recently. And, um, they were like, uh, they got, uh, got done with the performance and they were like, that just gave me a little bit of an anxiety attack, but that was amazing. <laughs> like they were like completely kind of like floored. Um, so it's, it's cool to get those. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just kind of get up there and black out. Like what happens? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Um, is, is that kind of your mode of operation when you're performing live? Do you enjoy the ability to kind of dissolve into what is actually happening or do you, do you Absolutely. prefer? Yeah. 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 Do you prefer when people, you know, when it's, what kind of show do you like the best? Do you like a quiet audience that is like focus zoomed in on, on you and what you're doing and everything that's going on? Or do you like it when they're mo maybe moving around and mingling and dancing a bit and you're also kind of part of the show uh, experience there? Or do you, you know, you know what I mean? The difference between, you know, how an audience is responding. Um, hmm. I think that um, my favorite is when an audience is like more engaged and just like kind of in the moment with me. Okay. Um, yeah. I envision a lot of what I do, like um, being uh fitting for a theater and for like things like that uh i i don't think of myself as like a i guess i probably like generally um have grown more and more disinterested in the idea and maybe that's why i'm so triggered by this like this conversation online is like still in the back of my head <laughs> of like this value of artists and like it's just being entertainment like i'm like as i mature as an artist like i become less and less i become more and more disinterested in the idea of um what i'm doing serving solely as for entertainment um like if you are entertained by it and like and because i am a, a performer and because i'm going to engage like it's going to connect with you uh, but for me, that's not that's not just entertainment. Like that's just a, you know, maybe maybe we're like miswording it. Like I think that, um, I don't know. Entertainment has this connotation, and I think that things can be entertaining and still be, um, of of value and of intention of of su substance and sustenance. Um, and that's something that I take very seriously. So I think that as I've grown in my artistry, it becomes less and less important for me to be like the, like you'll, you'll want to move and you'll want to dance and things like that. And I got songs that are more upbeat and things like that. Um, but like me as an artist, again, like my vision being more laser focused on like, uh, I'm not really focused on like getting the party started you know okay. again there'll be there will be like call and response and there will be things that will engage you and it's not like some like you know some doldrum show and some like you know just depressing like shoegaze and not that i nothing against shoegaze because i like you know i like the vibe chill out vibes um there's times and places for it right? there's just there's more i guess that i'm more of a dynamic performer than that like I, i'm not there to just like it's just the party or it's just this thing. I, th I like to think that I temper all of those things. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, yeah now okay. that you asked now that you asked that i guess i've never really i've always known but i think that i felt it increase like my lack of disinterest in being like you know i've told myself a couple of years ago like i really don't have to do another bar show I actually would be fine if I didn't. If I only played theaters and black boxes and like galleries and like, you know, things like that, um, what I, the experience that I want people to have is much, those environments are much more conducive for what I want to do than trying to yell over like glasses clinking and like people just like drunken, belligerent and like, Again, like there's a time and a place, and there might be moments, and there's like a time to let loose. But like there's, I'm, I'm, I like to take people kind of across the whole like spectrum, like get, dig in and like kind of release and have a light moment and have a joke and get, you know, get into something else and speak my piece on something else. Like it's really this, um, man, it's a spiritual experience for me at this point. Um, and I just had, we just had the four one four show out some. I did with Diet Light and um, shout out Diet Light. Um, and I, and, you know, I told them on stage that um, this is, you know, thank you for being a part of the congregation tonight. Thank you for being here for this. You know, this isn't a, um, this isn't a sermon per se. I'm not here to to preach, uh, but I am here to inspire, and I am here to. Like if you don't, if you leave out of here and you don't feel something, then I didn't do my job. Like that's how seriously I take it. Not that everyone, like not everyone, like you don't have to. Not everyone has to love it. Not everyone has to like it. Like, but at least if anything that I do, and it's usually more than one, which I'm thankful. And I hope it's more than one. But at the very least, if whether it be a classroom or whether it be a stage, if after I'm done and after I've, you know shared my energy and my thoughts if that hasn't moved someone then i'm not that i'm not doing something correctly hmm. yeah i hear you 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 have a a purpose and a mission to your to your art and i, yes. I feel i feel what you're talking about you know and not wanting to just be on the on the surface level of entertainment for you know the duration of the show but yours is a type of art form where like topics are going to be raised and things are going to be talked about mm-hmm. that are, you know, not mainstream specifically. Um, not that, you know, again, nothing's, you know, yeah. time and place. Right. But um, that's what I, that's what I noticed right away about your music. I was like, Oh, whoa. And all of a sudden I tap into the lyrics and what you're saying. I'm like, okay, he's talking about some specific stuff here. Sounds like he's bringing awareness and bringing topics to light and I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is what it's going to be, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um, uh, amongst that, I would say that your songs are very topically driven. Um, you're, you, you were talking about your influences of jazz and how that remains with you now. Mm-hmm. And um, so your music is complex and intriguing and your singing and your rapping is also complex and intriguing, but also very straightforward too. talking about racial issues and societal stigmas, class inequality and things of things of this nature. Mm-hmm. Um, has has the response to your music been what you thought it would be or if you if you were able to kind of dictate the response of a listener what would you what would you like to see what do you hope that people take from your music or take from 
um, not like you said, not your preaching, but your um, your bringing of awareness to these things. Um. Or or don't you? Or or is it just like yes, I'm doing this, and you can respond to it as you want, you know? I guess you know maybe it's a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, I definitely, maybe, certainly, possibly, quite possibly, have the intention of. I think what I was saying earlier, um, I want people. I, I think something that's common in my music maybe always has been but especially recently is this like urgency and so i guess like then you think about like well what's so urgent urgent means that like something needs to be done so i guess that that's what i want people to feel like because of the way that i deliver because of the like the passion that i like inject into it uh whether it be just like delivery or like you know what i'm doing vocally or what i'm saying all of those things um are all done in a way where it's because it's i'm i'm just speaking from i'm literally just speaking from the heart and i think that people um you you can't fake that and you can sense that and people are responsive to that uh we were talking earlier even you know i've I've lived with the the understanding that um animals and kids are really good um kind of indicators and like readers of energy and of that 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 intent and i think that um being a performer um speaks to that almost that like those childlike or that very animal like that innate like it speaks to something else in us to be able to do that like that's what i think about what i do i think that uh i'm a magician i think that um i am powerful in what i do um and these are all things that I say humbly and with great responsibility. Um, Spider-Man has always been my favorite superhero uh, because of, I mean, because it's Spider-Man, because he's cool, duh. <laughs> and also um, because of the Uncle Ben saying, like, I, the, you know, the with great power comes great responsibility. I've always looked at my art in, in, in that lens like this is a gift this is something that everyone can't do everyone can't speak about these things and be connected with themselves and truthful enough with themselves to articulate these things this confidently or with this melody or with this intent or the confidence to do so or the awareness to do so or the ability to do so like all of these things are things that i don't take for granted and so because I, I acknowledge and I'm aware of the skill set that I have and um, I have this sense of responsibility to encourage others to want that feeling out of life. I guess what I want people to feel is like um, that it's okay to, 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 to want more, to want better, uh, and better isn't necessarily, isn't a... A material thing like actual like wellness uh and uh fulfillment is something that we just um get distracted from in a lot of different ways so like i guess my music is like this urgency to get back to the things that um uh that are that are human that connect us that are uh that need our human attention and our minds and our hearts um so I'm always going to be, I guess, like a, a spokesperson for that. 
Whew. Beautiful. <laughs> we're, we're deep into it now. <laughs> but I like it. I can I can sit right here with you. I like getting deep like this. It's cool. Yeah. It's been it's been beautiful to listen to you share your heart and your mind about what your music is and why you're doing it and what it's for. Thank you. It's been, yeah, it's been awesome. Um so we didn't get to a lot of this, but that's fine. <laughs> Um, are the, what do you think about live music now? Is there any ways that it's changed or that you've seen it change either in the last 10 years or maybe the last two years since COVID and stuff like that? Or is live music kind of like a staple? Like, is, is it the same? Is it like, okay, live performance, audience cheering? Yes. Okay, good. Everyone did their part. Performer did their part. Audience did their part. Good. Is it reliable or is it, are we... Are we are we alien to it with the increase of um, you know the availabilities we have for us? I remember one of Jerry Seinfeld's jokes about the audience coming out to his show is, "Wow, you actually came out! Here you are! You did it! This is out! You know what's at your home? Everything! You have everything there! Why would you ever come out? You know?" <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> um. Uh, I would say that it feels like, uh, I mean, the sentiment right now, it felt a little bit like this last year, but now realizing how this year is un unfolding, it's definitely more so true that like live music is back, as we say. It d feels very much so um, like you're starting to have more weekends where you got to like make decisions on like, I love that feeling of like, oh, there's multiple things going on. Like who to what, see, yeah. what to go to. Uh, yeah. Like these feel like very 2016 problems. This is great. I like this <laughs> a lot. Um, so it's felt like that. Um, and then, because um, at first when you asked me, like this is a much deeper question and I will like, I will save us from like, because I don't know, I probably could, I, I might talk myself off a ledge. Um, but like the, the idea of like what live music is, uh, kind of ropes into like what we were talking about previously with, um, is it entertainment? Is it formulaic? Is it satisfying a thing? Does it just fit into a time slot and you do the thing and it's this, um, specifically I've been like really critical of like. Uh, a lot of festivals and I think this is so this is like a genre thing too I think this happens more unfortunately and because I am predominantly um exist I guess in more of the hip-hop or R&B world I think that at large that world and the live show segment uh sometimes leaves a lot f to be desired for me as a performer as someone who like isn't performing over their vocals or like isn't just like it just shouting or just like doing the ad-libs over and like there's a certain time and a place and there's like the, there's high energy and there's certain certainly times that that works but I've witnessed a lot and this is also like with uh technology as it advances like obviously I use technology I use things like the things that I'm able to do 20 years ago like I would have been a lot more difficult or a lot more expensive uh, or were, would have required me to be an actual electrician or like some tech person, which I'm not. I I know how to troubleshoot, and that's about it. Um, but um, 
yeah, just the the way that we record music, and again, this is more so specifically, I guess, in a pop mainstream rap R and B world because everything is so so fragmented and so broken up and so like produced and so like outsourced and there's like 57 people on the song and like not even like not even in the songwriting aspect but just even in the engineering where like songs are being put together based off of where like some of these rap verses like the engineer should actually be getting the award because like i read and this is no slight but this is i read some article about uh uh, one of Future's engineer. Future is a very, very famous uh, auto-tune rapper. One of the first kind of people to bring in the mumble rap and take it to to out of this world stratospheres and uh, caveat. You know, I like some Future songs. Uh, but I read this article in some magazine, and it was talking about the you know they just go in there and they they freestyle. So and which is common and more common now but it's common because I go in there and you know might be on whatever might be kind of like in a different state of mind and just kind of go in there and ramble and put down whatever like pull up a beat and like I'll just like rap for like you know five minutes and then the engineer will go in and piece together like oh okay that part was good and that part was good. Mm-hmm. So then when it comes to festival and now we put out this song and like, oh, obviously it sounds great. Like the engineering has been produced and like this this person did perform and these are his words, but they don't even know the verse. Oh. So you get to like, <laughs> and then it's like up there and you have to, you have the system where you have to, again, it's that like that have to, that maybe it's the only child thing in me again, like the idea of like have to. It constricts what you can do or what you have to do then in a live performance or what you can't do. And this is something that I've noticed of like, as we become more reliant on like being able to punch in every single layer and break up every single part and edit and fix and stack and, and you know, and engineer a complete song, um, I fear for what that means for the how we view you know what's important in a live performance um so like you know like what am i coming here to see just to, to see you to breathe the same air as you to be in the same room like and some people i mean when you have the idea of celebrity sometimes it just gets to that point where it doesn't matter like that person doesn't you know like you know uh, at the height at, at his height i'm sure you know uh, michael jackson could walk into a room and not have to sing a note and people just fall out just because he was there just yeah, he, be, he popped up on this out of the stage at the super bowl and stood there for two minutes and everyone just, was cool with it we're like okay yeah we're gonna wait for you like unless you know <laughs> so there are those levels of that but also again like you think of someone like that who and that's you know someone who i grew up with uh listening to a lot of mj and prince like i grew up in, in that household for sure and um despite his fall from his fall from grace which you know growing older and like trying to like fragment and piece together like your childhood and like the and like you know it's it's more it's deeper than learning that santa claus isn't real or it's like your favorite entertainer might have some issues Mm -hmm. um but being able to still at least you know i believe in the I believe in duality and I believe as a very good friend of mine says that uh people are dynamic. Um 
and people are complicated. And I think that life is a lot less about either or, and it's a lot more about and. Hmm. That people can be this and this. Uh, and our need, it, our need to like choose either or, I think speaks more to our inability to like think on a wider scale. And it's not a dig. It's just I think it's just something that like that's like emotional intelligence and something that we don't um, that we struggle with. But anyway, um, the, MJ had that, but also uh, he was putting in hours in the dance studio and like in this craft and with, like the actual performance of it, so that. There was a standard. There was a reason why people like it was the music, it was the movement, it was everything. It was everything about it. And the dude could perform his ass off. Yeah. Like none other. There's, there's still there's there's no and I'm I don't know. I still probably hold this opinion that you know, separating the the personal from the just looking at the the artist not even the celebrity, but just like the performing artists. I don't think that there's been a better performing artist. I just think that what you just talked about, like you don't, he just popped out of the floor and just stood there. People crying and fainting, people being taken out on stretchers. How do you explain that? Yeah. That's not just, that's, that's some celebrity, that's some of like the ethos and like the mystery around it. But like, that's also because like this, your presence, your artistry, what you stand for, the bar that you've set is just so exciting to see that people are falling out. Think about who, who, what performer do, I mean, and yeah, there's like your teen in the pop music and the, the people like, you know, light their things yeah, and they get fanatic, but who, who actually. Yeah, who's the one, who are they now? Who's the one now? Is there one now or a handful? Um, I'm not even sure I could say. What do you think? Um, I have who I think it was. I don't know. It, it remains. I don't know if this person is that anymore. Just you know, they're gonna keep on with the controversial takes. But the the <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if people didn't know, like a huge, uh, impactful uh, artist for me, uh, was and is in some ways Kanye West. Okay. Um. And that is because as a producer, when I first started producing, he was someone that I tried to emulate and I would learn how to like chop up samples by like finding songs that he produced or like things that were on the radio or like things he did on albums. And I would find the original sample and I would reverse engineer it. So I would just like by listening like, oh, where's the part that they chopped? And like, that's how I kind of taught myself how to make beats. Whoa, awesome. um, so his, his path, for better and for worse, or just, you know, he's the first artist that, um, you know, every generation has their artists that they kind of come up with and see the, you know, the rise and uh, fall of, um, but being, the, you know, like I just missed, like I grew up with MJ, but I wasn't there for like, I didn't see, I wasn't there when Thriller dropped. Like I, so it doesn't count, you know what I mean? But I was there when College Dropout dropped. Like, I remember yeah. what that felt like. I was there when Graduation dropped. I was there when, like, these, like, super huge moments, um, just as far as someone being ambitious uh, and someone who takes performing very seriously. Um, and so, like, my favorite show was may of 2008 the united center in chicago it was the second night of the 
Glow in the Dark tour, which was his tour in 2008. So it was like just before graduation, but after late registration. So like Gold Digger and Touch the Sky and like all these, like like the, he already had hits and he was like getting ready. And this was like, I think this was right before his mother passed. So it was like this very high moment, the stage design, like the stage was a giant screen, but the screen was like hills and there was a spaceship and there was dialogue and there was like live music, but there was just track and it was like just him on the stage. And like, even thinking about it now, like that was like one of the single most like influential like concert experiences for me like look he doesn't there isn't a big band on stage there is a band he actually has like a band in the pit but it is just a track and it is just him and he's commanding this entire stage in this entire arena and he's not just standing in one place and he's not rapping over his vocals he's performing this entire song and there's everything it's not relying just on the production like he's sweating and like heaving about on the stage and it's like man that's like a so that's, I, I mean, that experience for me is like, I feel like what it must have been like to for someone to, to witness like a, a Michael in their prime, to be there in the fervor of that energy and of them at their height and like watching them actually give their all and being like, man, crazy. Yeah. Um, to put that work into it, into... For it to show, to wear that yeah. on your sleeve. And, you know, again, the the, the same things that get the artists formerly known as Kanye West in trouble are, you know, also the same things that like make him a super like like authentic and like vulnerable artist. Like there is there isn't that filter for better or for worse. And so like when that filter is taken off and you're able to just like when he's eight when it lands and like it happens less consistently so now like the just you can tell is there's just a lot going on now. Um but you know at his most impactful moments like what when there's a vision and it's like from start to finish it's like this this man continuously sets the bar and changes what it means to what it means to even listen to an album even now like how do we listen to an album how do we see it why we watched an album perform live four different times over the course of a summer uh, before it was out and each time it was different and each time there was a different stage design and like an entire arena like how can you not love that level of ambition? I don't know. For me, it's like, again, I'm able to like see the duality and the dynamism. And like, yeah, I cannot agree. And like, yeah, there are some things that are like are concerning or alarming or just like in poor taste. Um, but those things don't ever negate like your your contributions and like your your aspirations and like the things that you've accomplished. I think we're so willing and so ready and so like the, because there is that like we love that part of it too. We love the part where like the person is just like destroyed. Yeah, yeah. We well, love we, this part. Yeah, you can you know your your phone breaks. You can go buy a new phone instead of like learning how to fix a phone. Like mm -hmm. that would take a lot of work for me. I don't know anything about anything regarding electronics and how to fix them. Can you imagine learning? Do you? Can you imagine learning how to fix a phone? No, I'm or a I'm lawnmower, like, or you know, we just go out and buy a new one. So we're so ready to do that with people too, don't you think? That's a very important lesson because I actually am learning how to fix this dryer at home. 
uh because yeah uh, my my girl and i she it, it was her washer and dryer so we 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 live in a duplex but we we own the the washer and dryer and so uh if it goes out it's not the lamp we, we gotta fix it uh and she's she works a bunch and like she's not really gonna get down there and it's like i'm not the most handy but like youtube university so like there you go i was able to like <laughs> like open up the back and like get a di i like went and got like a digital multimeter and like testing like you know testing currents and like okay yeah this oh, is dang. good and like ordering new parts and like uh and then i ordered something and then i ended up not being the thing so i ordered another thing that hopefully comes today so i can get back down there and be <laughs> uh tim the tool man taylor and get down there and like it's really a sight to see like you wouldn't believe it uh but it's earning me uh, unexpected brownie points with my girl she was like i love the fact fixing it oh, and absolutely. that i get to say that like oh he's fixing our dryer like right. let me actually fix it first though yeah. and like this gas is all right yeah the way she's gonna say he's fixing the dryer again and they're gonna say i thought you said he was fixing it last time yeah so i'm hoping that this door switch that i ordered is easy enough to install and that it gets fixed because also having to go to the laundromat when you have a washer and dryer is so infuriating like mm. well i can't do it there i can't do it here until i fix this and like it's you know it's the dragon of the feet like i actually don't want to like be down in like this basement no not on the nicest like, day in four months yeah so yeah so think, very much so living that like working on the thing and like w like taking the ups and the downs of a thing um and and rolling with it and adapting uh we we have such a a uh we do, people just don't want to adapt people are we're so afraid of change or um think that you know have the audacity to, to think that like change is supposed to be like comfortable and like just the people who think that um, that you want things to change or you want things to improve, um, but you want them to stay the same at the same time. Hmm. It's like, well, mm, it can't be both. So um, if something is different, it means it's going to be unknown, which means for a lot of people, the unknown is terrifying. Um, and I don't know. I guess I'm, I am thankful that I'm not one of those people. And so if going back to the other question i would like that's the thing i i think i try and encourage people to do through my art or like that's the urgency of like being more fearless like being less afraid to be present and be in the moment like we want to think about the things that we can control or the things or what could go wrong instead of just like being in it and like literally like rolling with the punches and allowing ourselves to like be present and that means like not doom scrolling on your phone and like not like being in the company of people it can tell us a big pet peeve of mine as of like people i it would be the last person to like be having a conversation with you and like to be on my phone it's a huge like so this is all the people out in listening land if you're ever having a conversation with me or like close friends know this like uh or i'll just walk away like i just Mm, okay you're you're occupied or like mm -hmm. oh you're bored now okay yeah. cool i, and, I can and, take the hint you know 
here uh-huh. I go. <laughs> or it's just like even now it's just become more of like a security thing. And again, this isn't like a holier than thou thing. Like I, I also live in this generation. Like I find myself, like I find myself like going through and like, oh yeah, man, shit. I've been scrolling for way too long. It's time to put this thing away. <laughs> like I get it. I get how it happens. Nothing that I'm saying is like coming from a place of judgment. And I think that's why it's able to translate through my music. It's like I'm not coming from like a holier than thou. I'm not like no, oh that, you this is like I've I've actually been there. I, yeah, I've experienced exactly, and so this is like speaking now from the other side, like not from the other side looking down. This is like no on the other side. Like if you keep going, like where you are, and then I'm saying that there's like a little like a door and it's not lit up. Like you're going down the part that looks fancy and like distracting and going down that part. But I'm here to tell you that there's like this door that you miss. Like if you're playing Mario Kart and you're looking for like the extra, like the little, like, you know, the the shortcuts, like Uh I'm telling you that there's a shortcut, but the irony is that the shortcut is actually a longer route, but, and it's not an illuminated route. It's not, you have to, it requires you knowing how to work your own light. And I guess what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to a find that light because then that's what gives you the courage to take the long cut i guess and again like it's it seems absurd like why would you why would i want to take the long way why would i want to take the way that's more difficult and like dark and like scary like why don't i want to go on this like carnival ride part with like a the popcorn and like all the sights and smells and the fun part always and it's not to say that like 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 any shortcut or long cut like it isn't the main route there's just parts of it that are going to be more fulfilling or be have more value if you do the work and if you hit that fork in the road and it's like well this route you can just like uh kind of pretend like this isn't an issue and just like focus on this part Hmm. or there's this route where like i'm gonna be honest it kind of sucks it's kind of cold in there it's kind of dark but if you make it through the other side is way way more like vivid way way so much more worth it yeah you see things like confidence and honesty with yourself and awareness for your life and what you're doing yeah am i scrolling for four hours or Am I working towards my goal to let my light out a little bit and, you know, influence the world in a beneficial way? Yeah. yeah. And it takes both. It takes that, like, you know, um, that gathering up of oneself and then preparing to, you know, it's like a like any good harvest. Like you have to plant and you have to cultivate and you have to take that time. Um to be introverted, to be self-aware, to like do some deep thinking and then to go out and like share that, share what you've learned or to act upon what you've grown and learned and to carry that with you. And it's a constant process of that. Like you go out into the world and then you deplete that. And then we're not completely like, don't go out and just like, don't exhaust yourself. It's like learning what that rhythm is of like going out and being ready to share. And then like knowing like, okay, I'm getting low. I got to replenish myself. I need Mm. to like update some things. I need the, I need the new updated software version. I need to like, I need to install this. I need to make sure that I'm plugged in at the end of the night so that I can fully charge and get the update. Mm. Otherwise, uh, if I'm not getting enough, you know, if not getting enough rest, if you're not putting the right things in your body, like all of these things. And again, 
not holier than thou like man i eat junk food i eat crappy things too i eat too late sometimes and you know what it sucks the next day and i'm like yep Mm -hmm. this is why you don't do this uh so like again my my art and my music is like i can say this because i've experienced this i had to tell myself to not do that so also when i'm like speaking in my music i tell people that um I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to the audience. Um, and you'll actually see, and sometimes when I'm recording or like when I did this live take for the art museum video, the way that I wrote a song, sometimes what happens is like the, uh, what is it actually called? But like the the person, so whether it's like first person or second person or third person, um, I'll interchange words like subconsciously and not so it'll be like you and then I'll say we and it's this thing that I've always done. And and like years ago, I realized like, why am I just like stupid? Like, can I not remember my lyrics? Or like, um, but then I realized it was like, because I'm, because I'm speaking to both. Like, because anything that, most anything that you take from me, anything that I've written, you can put we, or you can put you, or you can put them, or you can put me, and, and it all applies. So I'm writing, I'm truly, my aim is to be writing in such a universal place that the you or the we becomes inconsequential. Like there is no like, what does it matter? This is just something that's true for you, for me, for us. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. that sounds like some pretty good, uh, you know, takeaways as a as a wrap up area right here. But is there anything else that you want to talk about before we actually do wrap it up? Do you want Is there anything else that you have in the works, like with recording or performing goals for the summer, stuff like that? Anything else you want to touch on? Um, like I said, just uh, I guess people be on the lookout. Uh, this is you're experiencing this in real time this is my life it only happens in real time not in any other time so uh i stated that i want to put together something and i'm holding myself to that so i'm doubling down Uh, i don't know what it'll look like i've kind of already started these conversations and looking at a couple venues and seeing what it looks like but um i want to put together something something special um here in my mind, it's like almost like a continuation of like my favorite holiday now, which is 414 Day, Milwaukee Day. Um, I'm very Milwaukee through and through. It's tattooed on multiple places in my body. Um, so I live it. I breathe it. I love it. Um, and I want to do something special. And because I'm sick of, you know, no offense. Now this is like the rap. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, shit talking part of me uh, right here. But uh <laughs> Uh, I have this goal in my mind where it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm not waiting for y'all. Actually, you are going to have to top this. So that's that's always my, like, that that competitive spirit in, in me. So I'm like, I want the visuals. I want the thing. I want the whole experience. I want nothing but the dopest bands and, like, just a perfectly curated night. And I haven't put together a show in a while. And, um I think I put together pretty good shows. Like, I don't do it often, but when I do, it's usually like a moment like that. I mean, the last show I put together, I did some stuff last summer, um, like with the PAC and stuff like that. But like American Classics was like one of those where like, that's like one of a few, like 
that was just me putting that together. Um, so I want to do that. There's new music coming. It's being mixed right now. Um, I actually am looking to book a studio session for a gospel choir right now. Putting a little razzle-dazzle on this album. Um, my homie in Minneapolis just sent me some phenomenal saxophone parts. He does a lot of like the horn arrangement stuff on the album. Uh, and we work very quickly where I'll just like send him stuff. He's like, yeah, so what do you want me to do? And I'll just like, it's always the same. It's like, have fun. <laughs> like, so those are my collaborators. And that's the space that I'm in where I'm just like sending stuff out. And I'm like planning gospel studio sessions and like trying to make a fire album. And like, um, there's a book out about me um, that just released. Um, and so there will be some events for that. I believe that there's one coming up in early June. Might be the first event at Boswell Books. Uh, be on the lookout for that. There's a book called The Milwaukeean that a good friend of mine, uh, Joey Grohova, uh, wrote about me, but about the city. So it's uh, biographical. Um, I guess autobiographical is a series of interviews we did over you know the course of the past two years. Um, so that book is out again, talking about being transparent and being inspiring and like, um, yeah, I've got a book written about me and that's pretty freaking wild, um, and scary. I've read it a couple of times and a couple of the reviews are in and people are moved and people are inspired. So, um, looking to get that like in the library and a bunch of bookstores this summer. Um, and then I'll be a, in a play in the fall. Uh, with Milwaukee Chamber Theater. I don't know why I'm just running down the schedule now at this point. Um, yeah, new music, in a play, music directing, big board class, uh, not board as in B-O-R-E-D, but B-O-A-R-D. That's my new name. Uh, big decisions, big things, big plans. Um, and um, yeah, I'm excited to give people new music, new opportunities to perform and um more pathways from the artists that are coming behind us to do even more. That's the end goal. That's if, if nothing else, um, if we're not doing enough to make it, um, not easier, but just possible for people to do more. Like there's, um, can you tell that I'm an ambitious person? Yeah. I think that's probably, <laughs> um, something that I want to encourage more people to be is like to not be afraid of that to like not let society like, like oh would you should be like you can be you can be grateful and thankful and ambitious like this, this you know what i mean like this this idea again that either or like it's an and i'm extremely humbled and extremely grateful i don't take anything that's happened to me for granted good or bad everything and because of that um I want more of it. I want more. I, the, the the experience that the experiences that I've had have allowed me to be the person that I am today. And the person that I am today is still just as ambitious as the person that I was ten years ago. So, why would I stop being that person? Doesn't make sense to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there is Kellen, a.k.a. Classic. Um, you can visit his website at iamclassic.com. That's I-A-M-K-L-A-S-S-I-K.com. He's got over 16 different releases on Bandcamp and elsewhere. 
uh, multiple YouTube music videos. He was named the 2021 City of Milwaukee Mildred L. Harpole Artist of the Year. His full disc discography can be purchased on Bandcamp at classic1.bandcamp.com. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Bandcamp, YouTube, Linktree. You all know the drill. All right, Classic, thank you very much for joining me today. This has been epic. We we got deep into it, dude. Thank you for sharing. We did. We did. Um, yeah. thank you for having me here. I think that uh, yeah. If when people ask me for if I get asked for in interviews uh from here on out, I just gotta give people the caveat like, I hope you're ready to go deep because this yeah. is kind of the, I got I got <laughs> I got one mold when it, and you know I was saying earlier like this is why I don't um I don't do well with like just normal small talk or like that like social like out in the club at the bar thing it's just like because the, there's no space for this mm -hmm. and like this type of conversation is really i mean you can ask my girlfriend it's really the only kind of conversation that like that i'm most stimulated by is like wh what makes us tick what like our needs like what we want out of life uh and being honest with ourselves and with others um because take it from a performing artist uh the irony is that we and this is gonna get real deep right here uh that this is oh we live in a world of performing artists everybody's doing some type of performing um some are better than others and some are motivated by different things uh so knowing like the performative nature of like when institutions make gestures and say things and they don't follow through that's a performance that's a bad performance that's one take it from a performing artist you're doing a bad job mm. perform better we all have some performance that we have to step up to we have to perform and we have to be that um and we all are performance artists because there is an art to that. And some people, again, use that art dishonestly or to deceive, to have a persona, to make you think that something is something that it's not, to create. That's what we are as performing artists. We're creating a scenario and an environment that doesn't necessarily, may not tangibly exist in that moment. We're creating that moment. So everybody is being an artist and everyone is creating this narrative and creating their narrative and they're creating their world. Um, and I think that the best artists are authentic artists. So acknowledging the fact that A, art is important because we all are artists in some way, because we're all performing. We all have a job or something to bring to this world. And there's an art to that. There's an art to finding that and there's an art to delivering that authentically. You don't have to be on a stage to do it. You can be in your cubicle. You can be on the Zoom conference. You can be in the classroom. You can be in the doctor's office. Like, there's a way to like perform this thing called life artfully and authentically. And we can all do more of that. Ladies and gentlemen, there was Classic on a deep dive with me. I appreciate him coming by, sharing everything on his mind and heart. That was excellent. Hope you guys enjoyed this new format for uh, for this episode. A deep dive. There you go. 
Well, all you courties out there, it's the end of the show. We're going to call it here. I'm not going to read events. This was uh, a good chunk of time here, and I'll do something else next time. Um, I might tell you about some events next time. Uh, in the meantime, remember to support Classic. Go buy everything he's got and go see him perform live. And go see some live music this weekend. You'll be glad you did. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy our little program here, share it with your friends and loved ones. And remember, you put the chord in local chords. So from the last Wednesday of April, you've just enjoyed another installment of... 